This liturgical season, the folks at Appalachian Liturgy. I'm Justin Stacy. I'm Brooke Ashley. And I'm Justin Bowling. Takes the unexpected journey to find Christianity in pop culture. Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter. Oh, Inception. That is from Wonder Woman. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. <gasps> Adam's Family. The Munsters and uh, the Batman, the 60s Batman. Black Panther. Will they be able to find Jesus in time to save the secular media? Or will they... I feel a little icky about... One podcast. One pop culture. One prophet messiah. One popcorn Christianity. Welcome, everyone, to the premiere episode of um, Appalachian Liturgy Podcast presents Popcorn Christianity. Um, we decided, uh, we talked about this for a while, that we wanted to do some deep dives into uh, media. Uh, we'll probably touch on movies and TV shows, maybe some music. Um, so we're just taking a specific title and we're going to do a deep dive to try and find Christian themes, biblical principles, morals, whatever we can find. Um, so tonight we are going to be talking about Black Panther, the Black Panther movie. Um, this comes uh, really, well, this was on our mind because of the passing of Chadwick Boseman and, um, you know, our thoughts and condolences and prayers goes out to his family. Um, but, you know, I, I was reading a little bit about him and, you know, apparently he was, he was a Christian. He was very uh, involved in his church with the youth groups and the choir. And uh, they said that on the Black Panther set that there was so many Christian people <laughs> that they, they actually, it, it was like going to church. They said they talked about God so much on the set. Uh, so I thought that was really, really interesting. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so I guess I will just jump in and read the synopsis and then we can start bouncing ideas back and forth. After the death of his father T'Challa, T'Challa returns home to the African nation of Wakanda to take his rightful place as king. When a powerful enemy suddenly appears, T'Challa medals medal as king and as Black Panther gets tested when he's drawn into a conflict that puts the fate of Wakanda and the entire world at risk. Faced with treachery and danger, the young king must rally his allies and release the full power of Black Panther to defeat his foes and secure the safety of his people. That was probably the most generic synopsis that you can have. <laughs> that was just a quick Google is what that was. <laughs> man becomes king fights evil yeah <laughs> we've never seen that before never <laughs> alright um, anyone have any points they want to start off with I mean like I said I have a laundry list but... uh, sure uh, I'll start off with mine because I don't have a laundry list so I want to make sure <laughs> You don't mm -hmm. steal them all, <laughs> but uh, I, this probably covers a lot of them and touches base with the a lot of you know does it goes across multiple different points. But to me, I kept thinking about uh, so do you, I'm sure you all remember the book a few years ago that Roger Ayer wrote the uh, uh, the Benedict Option was the name of the book. 
that was talking yeah. about like his argument in there was that you know christians should become you know pull out more from secular society become more insular and kind of and he named it the benedict option because he was saying you know after saint benedict and the monastic tradition kind of form our own reclusive communities type of thing which is kind of what you see with wakanda in the movie is that they you know are very insular and you know don't interact as much with the outside world and they're kind of you know in a way that's why they're able to build the community that they have and i was just wondering if you saw any thought of any parallels to that as well and you know kind of the lessons we should take from the movie in that direction so i definitely did, that was one of my points obviously uh, not the benedict yeah. option that <laughs> you, you 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 had something different there but the the idea that they withdrawn from the world to protect um I actually, I actually compared it to Israel and what they did with their mission. Um, you know, they, 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 they had this covenant with God, but the point of it was to actually spread it to the world. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do a good job at that. They, they tend to keep it inclusive and protect it. Um, so that's the way I compared it to. And, you know, I, obviously there's other uh, religious sects that you could, point at like Amish for instance they tend to do the same thing they're very reclusive and and they keep keep everything uh they try to keep apart from the world uh, so I think that is what's at the beginning of the movie that's what's going on with Wakanda that's what's trying to trying to do so do you think that they were just trying to protect themselves or did they really think that they were protecting the world by because they realized that the outside world was evil and the things mm -hmm. that they could do, you know, if they had the resources that Wakanda had. Um, I know, wish I that was explained more because I didn't quite get that in the movie. And I tried to even look it up outside of it. And it seems like the MCU has a different explanation on why they became reclusive than the comics. And this is kind of out of my league and probably more into yours, Justin. So correct me if I'm wrong, but it seemed like that, in the movie they were acting like oh they've just been that way forever because he like yep. when he has his dream about tradition uh, his father he's like you're all wrong about that part mm -hmm. but from what i could read because i was like well i don't remember them explaining it very well other than saying like oh they're gonna hurt us with what we have or something but uh well, i think t'challa that's t'challa's thought i don't know yeah. if it's the wakanda the nation of wakanda's original thought but right. he says that several times yeah it, you know and it wasn't even his it wasn't even his original thought. He got like his, um, was it his sister or his, uh, his love interest? She's the one brought it up first. She brings it up at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. She, and that, that got the thought in his head, I believe that. Like, yeah. They, yep. Yep. But apparently like in the comics, it's more recent than it is in the universe. Like they're, they're not insular until they have like lots of attacks against them. Mm -hmm. And then they decide to do that. And it's like, I think from what I understand, it's actually either him or his dad was the one that decided to become like pull away from the world. And then it's very quickly reversed. So it's not like a long-term, okay. you know, 40,000 year tradition or whatever that kind of is presented as in the, in the movie, which I thought was interesting too. But that I, is I just, interesting. I, I do wish that was explained a little more because I'm kind of with what Brooke's saying here too. I feel like that's an important point. Like, are they really doing it because they're trying to protect the world or are they doing it because they're just wanting to be greedy and 
you know, keep what they have for themselves. No, I, I would not, I would not say they're doing it because they're greedy. Like even, you know, even mm-hmm. with his father and, and all the ancestors, the, 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 as much of the tradition that we were able to see on screen, nothing comes off as greed in my opinion for yeah. the Wakandas. I, I believe that it's probably, they don't trust the world with it. And they do have, they do have somewhat of a nationalist idea. You know, they are definitely Wakanda first. Mm -hmm. Uh, At least the previous the previous ancestors had been. Um, So I think it's a double. It's maybe both. Maybe maybe both of what's going on there. Uh, But I, you know, I don't think that it's necessarily just because they want to keep it all for themselves. I I believe they think that this is how they protect their people. You know, their tribal. They want to protect their people. Um, and it's it's really T'Challa that decides this is actually wrong of us to do. Which is one of the points that I was going to bring up was the um, what obligation do we have yep. to society and to people outside of our familial units when they're suffering? Like, you know, and, and that is, I think, a theme throughout this, this film is yep. where does our obligation to the greater good begin with great power comes great responsibility mm-hmm. and that's, with that's the marvel universe yeah that's a that's a theme throughout the entire marvel universe yeah. um and it's it's such a moral motto to have and i think it's very christian too um and I, you know i think they are they are absolutely called so one of the one of the points that i that i wrote down so what i did is i went through you know from the beginning to the end of the movie and i just made the points as i was going through the movie so mine is kind of in chronological order uh, but my first point is at the very, very beginning of the movie we get a creation story so i thought that tied very well to genesis um of how wakanda was built and it was built on obviously vibranium that had landed in that uh area of the land uh i I think it was from an asteroid or something um so you 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 have that creation story and then you have the four tribes um and you have one black panther figure to come out of those four tribes so you know i i've seen that as an abraham or even a messiah figure um so i thought that was that could there were some biblical themes there i at least you can you can pull biblical themes into it uh and then vibranium i think they kind of treated like um almost like ark of the covenant to where they they were overly protecting it um and i don't know if you could say they're worshiping it but ev- literally everything that they do has they use vibranium for so, so, would you say it's more like the ark of the covenant or would it be our idea of what grace is that powers us that brings us life that um and not only life but abundant life because that's what they have i mean they're just not existing they are having abundant that's life. true i like that that's a good yeah. yeah i can see that theme really well that it's it was given to them like they didn't do anything special other than anybody else on the planet to get it but it was just yep. given to them yeah what yeah and so how they respond how they use it how, how they mm-hmm. how they freely give it to others so yeah that is actually a really good comparison grace is yeah i like it uh, so another point i had um was that wakanda 
present, you know, this ties into what we just talked about. Wakanda presents itself as being a poor third world country. Mm -hmm. But in fact, it's the richest nation on earth because of vibranium. Mm -hmm. And in in my mind, that's uh, that's very much how Christ presented himself. He presented himself, you know, in human form as very poor, something very lowly. But he was the richest, most powerful person to ever exist. Hmm. Well, I mean, I think that kind of, um, if you look at this with a a cultural or a racial uh, lens here, Wakanda is going to save all of African descent. I mean, that's Hmm. where they're, they're focusing. Um, and in doing so, leveling that playing field um, is bringing us back to the way creation was intended to be. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. um, my only my only pushback to that kind of imagery is that um, Wakanda did it kind of as a pretense, right? They were pretending to be a third yeah. country, and mm-hmm. Jesus was fully human, so he right. wasn't pretending at all. It wasn't right. like he just put the skin of man on and said, well, I'm going to pretend to be a man. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus was fully man and fully God at the same time. So I, was, I, I wasn't really hinting at that. I was more, uh, more so Jesus' human status was not of wealth or riches or kingship or anything like that. It was, he was, you know... <laughs> pretty much homeless for most of his adult life and very lowly. Like, so I, I thought there might be some ties there that, you know, because mm-hmm. Jesus didn't have to do those things. He chose right. to. But are they living a life like that or just pretending to live a life like that? Mm-hmm. They are not definitely sure. pretending. They yes, are, I, you're I'm right. Not. They are definitely pretending. Because the city itself is pretty fabulous in Wakanda. Yeah, it's not like they're really living in poverty or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <They're> just <laughs> yeah. presenting themselves that way. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, oh, here's a good one. So when uh, T'Challa wins the first battle uh, for Black Panther mm-hmm. and um, so after the battle, he receives the heart-shaped herb to get the Black Panther powers back. Um, so when they give him that liquid, they bury him. And then he has visions. Um, and so he has visions of three Black Panthers on a tree. So there's obviously a tree of life aspect going mm-hmm. on there. Um, and then, you know, one of the Black Panthers transforms into his father, T'Chaka, I believe is his name. And they talk, and so T'Chaka calls him son, and he's kneeling to T'Chaka, and he tells him to get up. You know, you're a king, and all you're this. You're a king now. You're a king now. Um, so the fact that there's other two other figures there, in my mind, this was this was somewhat of parallel to the transfiguration of Christ. Oh, not only that, but the baptism of Christ. So you you have you you know a burial and then he, he's brought up to life so that whole process seems like a, a baptism to me 
But you also have the transfiguration in the vision where he is talking to his father and there's, you know, Moses, Elijah there with him. And I don't know, that was the imagery that I, that popped in my head when I was watching that scene, just because I guess I'm wanting to see these things. But I thought that maybe there's something to that. So I must have blacked out during this part because don't you don't remember, remember this part at all. I don't remember this scene. I'm having yeah. to look it up while y'all are talking about it. Yeah, um, I, I can see that. I think I had the same thought um, with the drinking of the herb and then the burying that there was that you were that T'Challa was dying to himself and yeah. rising as the Black Panther. Yep. And if you think about it in the in this movie, he does it three times because he's done it before we come in because he's got the power of the Black Panther. Then right. it's stripped away. Mm-hmm. He does it again after the first challenge. And then Correct. he does it when um, he's in the time. One yep. final time. So it's three and, times. You know, and in most most baptisms, you are baptized in the name of the Father, Father and of the, the Son, Son and, the and of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, um, so I did think about that. Uh, I also, um, so in our faith tradition, baptisms never take place privately because you're baptized into the faith, right? Into the body of Christ. And... Um, Every time that this happens, you're done it in a community of, of, of people around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the yeah. faith of the people around you that is also helping with the transformation of T'Challa or who may, or Kevin Killmonger into yeah. the Black Panther or you know, whatever. Um, so I think there's a lot of religious imagery there. Um, that. Yeah. But I have thought and, about the transfiguration in that scene. Yeah, uh, and I, so I think to to look at it from uh, Eric Killmonger's uh, Black Panther transformation, you know th- that kind of goes into you know pe- people can be baptized for the wrong reasons and mm-hmm. not have get anything out of it, it or, you know. And I think that's that would be what happened with him. Like he, yeah, he got these powers, but. He was not worthy of it, and he misused it. Um, that actually brings me to, to another point that I wrote down, that there is two justice frameworks going on here. There is the, you know, I would think that the, the T'Challa, Black Panther side of it is, even though, yeah, he engages in violence, it's to keep the peace. Like, he is a, a peacekeeping figure, whereas... Uh, Eric Killmonger and even his his dad, they had more of the violent um, take up arms and stick it to our enemies mind frame. So you have, it's basically the civil rights movement of peacekeeping versus the more violent Black Panther movement that was going on at the same time. So I would call that righteous anger versus revenge. Mm. Yeah. I, yeah, I like that distinction. You know, Killmonger talks about how he has done, He, you know, when he, he shows all of his the marks on his body mm-hmm. and he is saying, I have killed all these people to get to you yeah. and I'm killing you so that I can go back and, in a sense, have the power to do whatever I want. Yeah. You know, 
um, full of revenge. I right. mean, and, and I think it's, it's easy. I think it's easy when you are the oppressed, you know, you're an mm -hmm. oppressed person or oppressed people to fall into the trap of seeking revenge. You know, it, you can only take it for so long and then you're wanting revenge. Um, but that's, you know, there's, there's biblical justice that we're and seeking. I and we, I, can, we can convince ourselves that we are full of righteous anger yep. and uh -huh. we revenge and we can't mm -hmm. see that yep. in ourselves. Yep. We can't see when we've crossed that line. Um, in, in a, in a lot of, a lot of ways. Right. And Killmonger had basically become like a law unto himself type thing. He had, yep. you know, any power he wanted, he had worked with, you know, the highest levels of government in any society. Mm -hmm. And so he had no check on his ambitions yep. or no recourse to see that he was blinded by his own hatred. So what do you think Killmonger's goal is? I really don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I do think that he started from a place of seeking justice. Like he, because of what happened to his dad, he obviously held this grudge against Black Panther. Mm -hmm. um, but he also had the, uh, the justice seeking ideas of his dad, where he was seeing, you know, his, his people in America being abused and misused and, and everything. Um, that he, he actually wanted to avenge those people as well. And he was just willing, more than willing to do it in a militant force. And I think that started his career on in the military and his ambitions to gain more power. So that way that he could really enslave those who, who have enslaved his people. I well, think that he, was his goal. He convinced himself that the end would justify his means. Yeah. What was his end goal, though, is where I kind of get a little stuck at. As, like, I don't know, because he even, he even said in the movie that he would, he would be willing to burn the world down. Yeah, to like, do what, though? To do what, yeah. Well, because he, like, he, he gets the power. His people yeah. into, a, into power. I mean, yeah. he's gone past wanting equality or equity, mm -hmm. and he's wanting to flip the tables. Yep, yep. I can't, you know, I've tried throughout the last six months I've tried to think about, you know, how would I react um, if I had been constantly oppressed my entire life, you know, yeah. and as a woman in a very male dominated field where it's sometimes very hostile towards women, I really, really have to guard my heart to not become bitter and not yeah. to want revenge, you know, and every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll take a little pleasure when, uh, <laughs> somebody that's been particularly mean to me because I'm a woman kind of gets their due, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, yep. so I can only imagine what it would be like growing up in the environment that Killmonger has grown up in yeah. knowing that somebody had the ability to stop it. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, yeah. I think we're really hard on him, but there's a, there's a lot of truth for those of us that are not a, a person of color that we, we see the world through him in a way that we probably wouldn't have seen it without right. his character. I, I don't think that, like I, like I said, I think he, his, his, his beginnings, I think, was, really, was, was for justice. Mm -hmm. and, he, and, and he had this idea that he need, there needed to be some kind of revenge or some kind of justice from the Black Panther, for, for Black Panther taking his father. Um, I think those were noble things but it just turned into, you know, power, 
grabbing and seeking to oppress the other people that have oppressed our people. So it's us versus them mentality. And I, I think it's so relevant as to what's going on in America today. You know, there's such an us versus them that it's so easy to want, like if, if we're on the opposite side, if we're on the side of the oppressed, to want the other side to be oppressed at some point. And it's dangerous. That's a dangerous road to go down. It is a dangerous road. Um, so you think that's his, like, that's why when he, which that makes sense, but when he gets the kingship, he uh, gets the throne, he decides to become like a tyrant mm-hmm. and turns that way. So he's oppressing the people who didn't help and slash oppress. His goal is to get weapons into yep. the Wakanda spy's hands to overthrow the world. Yep. yep. Just tear and everything down. Tell everything down, and that and and that way the the Wakandan people, that led right. by him, are in control of the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like it's it just really he turned into a typical tyrant <laughs> as soon as he got power. You know, um, and as as the king of Wakanda, he had absolute power. Yeah, and we know what they say about absolute power. Absolute pl- power corrupts. corrupts absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All and right. Go checks and balances. In Wakanda, um, except, <laughs> no. except the challenge system, which the challenge system that the may not be the best. <laughs> Ritual combat. <laughs> oh, could we do that instead of an election this year? That's what I was saying. A Trump you versus know, Biden. Second thought. Maybe we, we, we can have. <laughs> I think that we both end up dying. The whole country can get behind that. Yeah, yeah. that would be much more fun than, than what we're going to endure in the next sixty days. So, uh, go ahead, Don. I was, I was going to say not that specifically, but just the contrast of the way that their ancient traditions kind of stand out in a, uh, you know, modern, even futuristic society is kind of like one of the most appealing parts of a, a lot of their society, I think, to most people. Like, it's really, it's unique. It's a not, you know, just everybody blending in and doing what they should. They even have their own different tribes with their own different mm-hmm. uh, traditions and cultures and, you know, different, uh, basically like the contrast between this futuristic, high-tech, you know, modern society and then all these ancient tra- traditions kind of stand out. And I feel like in a lot of ways their Christianity should, not exactly like that, but in, in a similar way, kind of stand out uh, even in our modern society. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I read, so I read a, uh, quite a few articles uh, coming into this discussion, and one of the things I read was that the Black Panther movie, one of the accolades for it, is that it is such a, an inspiring piece for, a, for African people um, mm-hmm. because it doesn't, number one, it doesn't Americanize it. Mm-hmm. it. It keeps it tribal. It keeps their culture somewhat intact, and it gives a positive light. It's not just showing all of the poor people in Africa to make to, to hit on our heartstrings to, you know, or, you know, if, if it's in the American context, it's not showing all of the, the criminalization and the drugs and all this stuff that we see in the media when we have a lot of, you know, uh, persons of color in films. So it's actually given such a positive light. And, you know, and I would say 90 over 90 some percent of the cast is, is uh black in this movie which is obvious as to why but it's just such a you know motivating movie um Mm -hmm. you know so i i thought that was really good 
Um, also, w one of the things about Black Panther, this is not specific to the movie, but he is one of the only, maybe the only superhero that is also a king and fights for a nation. Whereas the other ones, you know, they are a part of a nation, but they're just citizens. They aren't, they, aren't, they don't have that king aspect to it. Thor. So, Thor. Yeah, Thor. Oh, yeah, Thor. But uh, <laughs> the best bubble. You're, you're right. Thor does. But he is a god. So, True. He's a king know, god. Right. Um, but yeah, I thought that was one of the things that makes Black Panther stand out uh, in, on, in, from the earthly perspective, I guess, is uh, that he fights for a nation. Yeah, and I like the positive aspect, uh, representation type thing. And I feel like that's something, especially, you know, being Appalachian liturgy, we can relate to very well because there's so many times in media you see Appalachia uh, portrayed in the exact way that you're talking oh, about. Oh, yes. Like, it's hard oh. to think of, like, a powerful Appalachian representation, but you can uh -huh. think of so many representations where it's these poor people running around without, you know, education or anything like that. And so mm -hmm. I feel like we should be able to appreciate that very much so because Absolutely. we know what it's like to be on that end of it you know we don't have cable so <laughs> it is um brooke stop you're making it worse i know <laughs> we're like back watching i mean so saturday we were watching charlie's angels okay and there was an, an episode about a moonshiners and they did the most awful southern appalachian kind of voices it was just awful so i i agree with you that that is something that that we can really relate to is is not having that positive influence for example so um one of the other notes that i have down and this is just i got a fun fact is uh, that uh, eric and his father were from oakland um, and that is the birthplace of the Black Panther Party movement. So I felt oh. there was probably an Easter egg there that they did, why they did that. Um, I'd be curious to know what comes first. Did the comic come first? Or did the Black Panther movement come first? It's hand in hand, I believe. Um, I, bel I think that it was the party first and then the comic was the response to it i, I don't know the answer to that uh, like i said I the, the I, comics are out of my realm unfortunately yeah i think i think that's that's how that went down of course uh, 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 comics that might be something else that we could dive into sometime on this um because there's so many good um themes in comics like the x-men that that's basically the civil rights <laughs> like yeah. there's such good background into why comics developed um star trek would be another good one uh, we have to touch star trek at some point yeah, we have to yeah um so lots of homework in the yeah in the in the end credits so in credits um he's talking at you know un summit or whatever and he gives an african proverb which is the wise build bridges but the foolish build walls and uh, apparently John Lewis said something very similar. I think that's why they did that is John Lewis said something similar in the civil rights. And so they wanted that to be in there. Um, 
And I thought, you know, that's, that's definitely almost biblical to where, like, because Jesus talked about the foolish and the wise as well. Wasn't exactly building bridges or building uh, walls, but, you know, it's this similar uh, principles there. So I thought that was, that was something that was a... Uh, it's actually one of the themes in Acts. If you think about um, the bridging of the Gentiles and um, the Jewish Christians and some of the uh, characters, not ca people, if you will, that bridge that and the visions that uh, Paul gets. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, it's all about building those bridges. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Also, the response. Uh, so, Bully, did you actually watch the end credits? I did. Okay. I mean, not like the all the words. I skipped to the actual. Well, scene, that's, that's what I meant. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't read everybody's name. So, <laughs> the response that he gets when when he says that Wakanda is opening its doors. And we're going to share our resources and our knowledge. And what the response he gets, what do you have to offer? <laughs> <laughs> That's so relevant. And also, you know, you could, you could see that response in the Bible to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. isn't, the, isn't this Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph? Like, what, what, son of a what is he? Yeah. What good <laughs> comes out of Nazareth yeah. is, is right out of the scripture. And they say, what good comes out of Wakanda? Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, oh. Yeah, I know where that's up from. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I, are are they going to do a Black Panther two or? Yes. So apparently the the screen the the writers and producers they've already you know they were already working on it. It was already mm -hmm. in the 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 writing stages. Um, and they are, from what I understand, they are going to continue. They're just going to have to figure out a way to kill off the right. the character in the beginning of the movie. Uh, I mean, what they honestly what they could do probably is just have someone in the Black Panther suit to be in a battle of some sort, and then you know be killed. Probably sacrifice way. himself. It's probably sacrifice like, himself. I would, I would imagine yeah. so. It, it'd be something like that. Um, I think they'll do it respectfully. They're, they're, they said they will not recast T'Challa. Period. Sure. That the Chadwick is T'Challa. So that that's a great move. Um, now the comics just came out with a new Black Panther, which is uh, Juri, the Black Panther uh, uh, T'Challa's sister. Yes, the sister. Mm -hmm. So I think that's probably the route they'll go. And I, I think that's what they, they should do. do. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I thought they might do as well. Is like go with one. Of them his sister or his uh, girlfriend or something like that. Right. Because wasn't he trying to push her as being a leader or a queen or something like that at some point? Or am I? Yeah. He, he, in, there was a line in the movie where he said that you would be a great queen. And yeah. like she was, she was wanting to go to, you know, do her outreach work or whatever in other countries. And he was like, you would be a great queen. Um, so yeah, I would imagine that one of those two will end up becoming Black Panther. I think uh, it has to be the princess. So she's the only one with the bloodline, and they didn't right. get married. That, that's true. Unless that's they true. get married. I mean. Yeah, that would be. The beginning. Uh, right. They a lot of things to throw at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, mm -hmm. oh, they got married and for been together for 30 years, and then. <laughs> 
I've also heard rumors that uh, the Black Panther movie will be the movie that um, breaks in some of the X-Men cast to the Marvel Universe. Okay. So that, that when I was trying to read, it looked like there was a lot of interactions between X-Men and uh, Black Panther in the comics when I had accidentally stumbled yeah. on that. What, what I'm really hoping to see, like, I don't know that Marvel can do it because apparently they still don't own rights to do a individual Hulk movie, which is insane. Like, <laughs> but if they ever get rights back, then I would love to see the Incredible, Incredible Hulk have an individual movie to debut Wolverine. Because that's exactly how the comics did it. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. It is. Yeah. Hulk 181 was the debut of, of Wolverine. And I would love to see the MCU do the same thing. That'd be great. I think they battled in it. I haven't read the comic, but I do know. It's a it's a very valuable comic. That's why I know about it. And the, the reason I was kind of asking them if there was going to be a second one, because I feel like that's going to have a lot of interesting interactions with the thing we were talking about, you know, to kind of start this. Like, how do you still keep your you know, culture, how do you keep your traditions and still be part of the world as a whole, you know, keeping like what's important and mm-hmm. unique and, uh, you know, sacred, but still, you know, not shunning your neighbor, even though you may not have the same values. How do you be part of the world, but not of the world? Yeah. almost heard that before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because uh, most of the movie in the first one is, you know, they're still it, it basically, like you said, it's the end credit scene where they actually go to the UN and say, okay, we are fully going to open up. I know in what was it? Uh, was it in one of the Avengers movies? The where they actually join the UN and kind of act like they're opening up a little bit, but don't really do it. But this one, they fully, you know, decide that they're going to show the world everything they have. Yeah, I think it was Civil War. Because that's yeah, that was, was that was the was movie that was that was the movie that uh, T'Chaka was killed. It yep. was in Civil War. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, I'm I'm going to be very interested in that aspect, which I'm assuming is going to be one of the an important plot point in there. Like if somebody's yeah. like become, becoming not Wakandan now because they're doing you know too much. But, right. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, once we get into phase, I guess phase four of MCU. I guess that's what it is. Yeah. I guess I don't know. I can't keep up with it, but uh, it's good stuff. All right. Any final points? This is pretty I good discussion. One of my favorite scenes in the whole movie was after Killmonger is obviously defeated mm-hmm. by T'Challa, and T'Challa takes Killmonger to see the sunset, you know, and I think about the forgiveness and grace that T'Challa offers his arch nemesis, the, the, the man that has created all kinds of, he's literally, I mean, you have the scene in the movie where you come to the throne room and it's upside down. I mean, Killmonger's turned the world upside down for T'Challa. He's created all kinds of pain and grief. And yet at the end of the day, he recognizes him as a, a brother, a Wakandan brother and offers him the thing that he wants most. And that is to see a beautiful sunset mm. um, in, in Wakanda. And, you know, for me, that was kind of the pinnacle of the movie. Like I was, I was like, I am done. Can, can I do that? Could I take yeah. my arch enemy mm-hmm. and give them the thing that they wanted? Yeah. Yeah, that's 
T'Challa taking the different path from Killmonger. Exactly. Yep. The harder path. <laughs> right. The one that's less satisfying to us at a, you know, yeah. fallen human level. I have to say the second, this was the second time I've seen Black Panther and second time this, I, I enjoyed it much more than the first time. And I enjoyed it the first time, you know, a lot. Um, this is probably easily in my top five Marvel movies now. So, so to answer your question about Hulk and Wolverine, I happened to ask my Wolverine expert, which is my youngest daughter. Mm-hmm. And she says that Wolverine was intended to be a low-level antagonist in the Hulk series from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And he gained tons of popularity and a cult following. And that's how he was birthed into his own series. That's awesome. She's much she, really needs, she really needs to be joining us for these. Apparently. I know. Yeah. She can pick up the slack that I'm leaving. Oh, and me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing this. And but I also think um, one of the one of the things in the movie that I kept coming back to was the responsibility that we have for our inactions. Mm. And um, you know, you have sins of commission, you have sins of omission. Um, and for me, the biggest sin that Wakanda had was sins of omission. That they had the power. Um, and the knowledge to offer the world something, and they didn't. And the pain and the heartache that was caused because of that. Um, yeah. yeah, that's uh, one of the things that said at well, most masses, you know, for, for all that I have, for the sins that I've committed and for those, for what I have failed to do, type thing, uh-huh. exactly what uh-huh. you're talking about. Yeah, it's yep. in our Eucharist literature, uh, yeah. liturgy too. Our, you know, ours too. Yeah. Failed to be an obedient church. We have not heard the cry of the needy. We, you know, yeah. um, those sins of omission. And I think we forget that. Yeah. Um, a lot. I definitely think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. All right. Well. You got enough stuff? Got enough I, stuff? Got we, I think we've got it. I, I, this was a pretty good episode. I like it's it, yeah. Not as long, but it's not meant to be as long uh, as our normal episodes. So uh, thank you all uh, for joining our first edition of Black Panther. Um, and join us next time on Popcorn Christianity. Thanks, everyone. Good night. Thanks. <laughs>